Hello, and welcome back to another podcast from Voice of X. Um, I try and do these every week, or at least one to two a week. Um, so if, if, you, if, you, if you could, I really appreciate it if you would subscribe to my podcast and head on over to Twitter and follow me there. My handle is at voice underscore of X. I post a lot of news articles and things on there. Most of it right now is being totally um, taken over by uh, elections. And uh, honestly, I think some of the current elections, uh, the current election that we're, presidential election we have coming up is probably one of the most important in the history of the United States, if not the most important. I mean, even more important than um, this is, uh, Abraham Lincoln's election. I, I mean, it's really, we were really on the cusp, I believe, of, of uh, something very big happening in our nation. But uh, go over and follow me over there. And uh, normally I try and um, have my podcasts my older ones were quite long, uh, but I've been trying to keep them a little bit shorter, a little bit more concise, and definitely my opinion, but my opinion based on objective reasoning and facts. Today, um, however, I'm not really going to be covering, I guess it's kind of a topic, but it's really almost a more of a message as well, and it's a twofold message. So it's really kind of the two different groups of people. The first group I'm going to talk to here right now is for Christians. But if you're not a Christian, I advise you to please, please just hang on. Bear with me here until I get to the second part. Okay, but but listen, please indeed, because you can still get educated um, on on Christians and how they might think and, and some things that, that, that maybe you need to hear. So, um, you know... I, I, I've, I've grown up in the church. I've been a Christian my whole life. I'm a Gen Xer, so um, obviously grew up during the 80s. Um, and back in the 80s, it really seemed that prophecy was on everybody's lips. I mean, in the Christian community, the rapture of the church and the tribulation period, it was being talked about just kind of everywhere in Christian circles. At least that's how it seemed to me um, when I was growing up as a kid. Um, it's just it, we were always talking about it at church. And when my parents would get together with other Christians at church and Bible studies and everything else, it was, it was always a topic that came up. And now, prophecy is an important area of biblical study. And there's no reason to believe that biblical prophecies will not be literally fulfilled. I mean, they are. And the Bible has always been 100% accurate. But we cannot say precisely when these events will take place before they happen. Um, you know, as an example, really, you, you may see mountain peaks off in the distance. You can see the mountains, you can see their peaks. But you can't discern any details, any of the valley, valley canyons, or, or anything else um, other than just the general shape that there's mountains there. So, and this is kind of the same way with prophecy. So try, you, you're looking ahead, you, the Bible says this is going to happen, but there's really, you can't see any of the specifics, any of the details until you're there or even past it. So trying to use biblical prophecy as a means of telling the future, that doesn't work. And it's not meant to work that way, I might add. Prophecy, as, as from a biblical standpoint, uh, prophecy is meant actually as an authentication of the Word of God. It literally tells history in advance, and it's the only book that does that. In fact, uh, some of the prophecies, all of the prophecies have come true so far, every single one. And in fact, some of these prophecies, especially those, those that were written in the book of Daniel, are so accurate that some have falsely stated that it must have been written in recent times after the events had already happened because they were that accurate. Now, of course, when you're on the other side of the events, you don't necessarily see that, but once they've happened, they look and go, holy cow, that really did happen, and the Bible talked about it really in great detail. Of course, 
these, this idea that it was written in recent times is refuted. I mean, you can go back to when um, the book of Daniel was actually uh, translated in Alexandria and um, the, this, the Septuagint. And, but there's a whole list of things that, but still puts, puts the date even of, of that, of that um, translation long, long before these events actually happened. So it has actually absolutely been authenticated. It has always been correct, always been 100% accurate. Now, <coughs> excuse me. Now, I'm not intending to teach a class on the authenticity of the Bible um, or uh, on prophecy per se. Uh, that, that's not what I want to get into here. But that's not to say that we as Christians, um, we shouldn't look at prophecy and be on our toes. Or, or that, you know, it's not to say that we can't look at prophecy and anticipate things happening. I mean, we should be on our toes. We shouldn't actually be taken by surprise when these things happen. Um, you know, we read in 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 5, verses 1 through 4, and here's what it says. It says, but concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, that's when I say brethren, read that as Christians, but concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. Now this is talking about you know um, the return of Christ and 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 when when, when they, all things come to an end. And it says here that you know, but concerning this, the times and the seasons, you, you have no need that you should write to you for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord comes as a thief in the night. In other words, that you're not expecting it. And people usually stop there and say, "See, it comes as a thief in the night." You can't expect it. Or you can't know it. But if you continue on, it says, but you, brethren, are not in darkness so that this day should overtake you as a thief. So what I'm saying is prophecy, you don't use it to predict the future. Guys, you don't. But as a believer, as a Christian, you should know the seasons and you should be on your toes and you should be ready. All right? You shouldn't be just kind of huddling down in your house. We shouldn't be taken by surprise. We still know that we cannot know the day or the hour because the Bible tells us that. And, and there's a good reason for this. This keeps believers on their toes. So it not only authenticates the Bible, after we passed it, we can see that these things actually did happen, but also we know that something's going to happen. We know that it's coming, but we don't know when it's going to happen. So it keeps us on our toes. It keeps us about the Lord's business of spreading the gospel and leading people to Christ. Here's the problem, though. All too often, I see, and I'm still seeing, Christians getting caught up in using prophecy as a means to kind of do the exact opposite, especially when they read the book of Revelation, okay? They get caught up in looking for the events that are going to happen, that are predicted in the book of Revelation. They read these things, and they kind of just want to hunker down in their homes and forget that they're meant to be salt and light to the world. Now, there's one particular, and I think most Christians will agree with me on this, one particular prophecy in the book of Revelation that people really get obsessive over. And that is what's called the mark of the beast. Okay, people have said different things. Oh, it's barcodes. Uh, or retinal scans and thumbprints, or microchips. And now, of course, with COVID-19 going on, they're speculating that, well, it's the COVID-19 vaccine. That could be the mark because, you know, you'll have to have it to do anything. To these people, 
I would say don't worry about that. I mean, while I suppose that this technology, it could be used when that day comes, um, you know, in the book of Revelation, when, 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 when that time has come, that it, maybe it could be used. I don't know, but it's not happening now. Uh, for the sake of not going on too long, uh, let me paraphrase chapter 13 of Revelation for you where it talks about the mark of the beast, okay? All right, we, we have this person whom we believe to be the Antichrist and is also called the beast. He receives a mortal head wound and he's killed. But he is miraculously healed and brought back to life and given power by Satan, who's also called the dragon. People start worshiping this guy, the Antichrist, and he sets himself up as God and starts making war with believers, with Christians, and he's allowed to overtake them in this fighting. And then we see this guy called the false prophet who comes onto the scene and he performs all kinds of great wonders and miracles and has the people build an image to the beast, to the Antichrist. And the false prophet actually gives life to this created image so that it, 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 it talks or moves or whatever. I know, I, I know this all sounds really wild and it's definitely going to be a crazy time on earth. But, but, but anyway... The false prophet forces everyone to worship the image or they're to be executed. And at that same time, he tries to cause everyone to take the, the mark of the beast or, or, or the name of the beast on their right hand or on their forehead. And that number or his name is equal to the number 666. If you don't take that mark basically you can't it says you can't perform any kind of commerce or anything you can't buy or sell okay now, now, now let's stop right there and clarify when the author of revelation talks about the mark of the beast he's referencing the shema in this in this passage okay and the shema is a is a hebrew prayer uh, well of allegiance to god really and he's also referencing back to the seal placed on the foreheads of the believers earlier in the book. God puts a seal on, on his 144,000 believers. You'd have to read it, but it all comes to this, really to this allegiance, um, this reference of the Shema, this, this, this prayer of allegiance to God that the Hebrews have, and he's kind of mocking that, and, and, and you're required to, you're required to have an allegiance to him by taking this mark. So this mark isn't just some good idea that happens to come along, and it's marketed to the people, um, and people start taking it because it sounds like a good idea. No, it is clearly a sign of allegiance to the beast, to the Antichrist. And that number 666, it's simply referring to his name. In Hebrew, letters also carry a numeric value. So for instance, Caesar Nero's name, it added up to 666 as well. And he's thought of as a type of Antichrist. So you can't start looking for this number and trying to pick this guy out and think there's some kind of secret code that you can get and figure it out. That's, that's, not, what this, that's not what the book of Revelation is actually for. And that's not what it does. But clearly, as we've discussed, like the mountaintops, you just you can't make out details until you're there. So don't try. That's not what it's there for. Anyway, so many Christians, they seem they kind of seem to get caught up in this trying to predict the future, especially this one particular event. And to be honest with you, they almost discredit the gospel message in a way. I mean, because they they're just they're constantly trying to make predictions. And, and it just doesn't work out the way they think. And it puts their witness in a bad light. I mean, honestly, look, I've, I've, I've talked to some, some non-believers and they think it makes it sound like, they sound like lunatics. Look, what I'm saying is, Christian, stop worrying about the mark of the beast. If you believe in the rapture of the church, 
then we won't be here anyway. And by the way, even if you don't, I know the rapture can be debated in some circles, even if you don't believe in the rapture or you're a post-trib believer, I think, honestly, that you would see this event coming since the events leading up to it, up to taking the mark of the beast, they're pretty dramatic. I mean, not to mention it won't be just a, hey, get this vaccine to protect yourself from COVID or you can't fly anymore. No, it's going to be you take this mark to, to solidify your allegiance to the beast, to the Antichrist. It won't really be too hard to miss this event if you're here. Not that I'm saying you should take the COVID-19 vaccine or that mandated vaccination is right because I don't believe it is. I don't simply because I just don't put the version one of software on my computer. So I'm definitely not going to put version one of a vaccine on my body. Not to mention, I think there's kind of a violation of personal liberty with mandated vaccination. Um, but that's really kind of a different discussion. I don't want to get on that vein here. Um, but the bottom line is don't stress about these events because they're going to happen. We don't know when. We know they're in the future. That's not what we're given prophecy in the Bible for. So it's important that the Christian always needs to understand that the return of Christ, it's closer every day. We don't know the exact day. We know it's coming. We know these events are coming. When we see them, we'll know them. When it's going to happen, we don't know. But I can tell you today is closer than yesterday. As Paul says in Romans, it's nearer than when we first believed, right? Will it happen tomorrow? It could. Could the Lord tarry another hundred years, thousand years? Sure. All we know is that it is coming and every day is one day sooner. So we need to get out of our homes, out of our shells and get busy doing the Lord's work. Romans 10, 14 says, how can they have faith in someone they haven't heard of and how can they hear without a preacher? Guys, you need to stop sitting at home waiting for the end. You need to stop this, I've got mine mentality, and then just locking yourself away. That's not what you're called to do. You're called, it's called the Great Commission for a reason. You're called to get out there and spread the gospel. Even if it means getting out there and just living your life like you're saved so that people see you and see your personality and your behavior and wonder, what is that? I want that. They'll come asking about it. Which this leads me to the second part of my message. And that's to the non-believer. If anybody of you who here who is listening to this podcast is a non-believer, just, you know, not a Christian or is on the fence or whatever. I, I know I've often in my previous podcast said that you don't need to be a Christian to believe that the foundation that the Bible provided for this nation, the United States of America, that that foundation is good and it's right. And that that foundation should be preserved, right? I mean, don't steal, don't cheat, don't lie, don't murder. These are good things to be founded on, right? The family unit, mother, a father, staying married, raising their children. That doesn't mean things don't happen, but that is the good foundation that we should strive for. I don't think you need to be a Christian to think that that's good and to want to preserve it. And indeed, I still say that because you have a God-given choice in whom or what you want to worship. That idea of freedom of religion is a very Christian idea. But I'm going to implore you in this podcast to consider Jesus Christ. You see, God is love. And so many non-Christians, they hide behind this, hoping that if, well, if they're wrong about heaven, then a loving God will just, he'll just kind of give them a pass. 
and they hope that maybe that's going to be the way it is. But friend, God is also, in addition to being love, He's also holy, and He can't tolerate sin. And He is just, and He requires payment for our sin. I mean, would you want a judge in our courts, say somebody uh, murdered or did something horrible to somebody in your family, <laughs> you know, something really heinous, and went before a judge, would you want that judge not being beholden to the law or allowing criminals just to go free without paying for their crimes simply because he was just too compassionate to, to sentence them? I mean, no, you wouldn't. And God can't either. He can't deny his nature. But here's the good news. And this is great news. God is love. And because of this love, knowing that you owed a price for your sins, that you committed a crime, and that you couldn't pay the price for your crime because the price is eternal damnation. That's it. You're done. It's death. He knew you couldn't pay that price on your own. But because he loved you, he paid it for you. He requires justice for your trespass, for your sins. But he paid the price for it. In perpetuity, it's done. It's done. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, the whole world, everybody, past, present, future, everybody born, everybody dead, everybody to be born. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Uh, all, all you have to do, guys, is just admit you're a sinner. I mean, if you are you can't be honest you can't really be enjoying the sinful life i mean it may feel good for a short time i'll admit it does i'm a christian i'll tell you sin feels good for a short time but it always comes with a heavy price i think if you really thought about that really spent some time on it and were honest with yourself you would admit that aren't you kind of tired of carrying that burden well jesus he can free you of that burden and you can know right here and now that when you leave this world, you'll go to heaven. There'll be no more hoping, well, I hope he lets me in. No, this is it. This is how to do it, 100% to know for sure. So if you want to accept Jesus, I invite you to repeat this prayer. And even if you want to think about it, think about it. Stop right here. Come back later. But don't wait long. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. He could return tomorrow. Or guess what, guys? I mean, I don't know. If you're a Gen Xer like me, you're in your 40s. The honest truth is, within the next 40 years or so, if the rapture doesn't happen or Christ doesn't come back, you're, you're probably going to meet him anyway because you're probably not going to be alive anymore. The first half of your life's gone by pretty quick. The second half is going to go by even faster. So don't spend too much time thinking about it. So if you're still with me now or you've come back, I want you to join me and just repeat after me this prayer. It's a simple prayer. It's, it's easy. All you have to do is believe it and be sincere. Repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I've sinned against you, but I give up my life of sin and I ask you for your forgiveness. I accept you as my personal Lord and Savior. Amen. That's it. Now, you may feel something or you may not. All right, this isn't about necessarily an emotional, it may be emotional for you, but understand that being a Christian isn't necessarily all about human emotions. 
All right. But if you said that prayer and you meant it, you've repented. Repented means changing direction, doing a 180. If you, if you, if you've turned from your sin, you truly meant that prayer, you're saved. That's it. You know that if you die right now, you're going to heaven. I urge you now because the enemy's going to come after you now. Now you're active in this war. And we know that all of these, these, these uh, evil empires in our world and everything that's happened in the past, and even, even everything that's happening now, we know the Bible says that these are all, we don't fight against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. The real war is what's going on behind the scenes and the power behind all of this, the, 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 these, these evil empires and everything else that are going on in our world. It, it's spiritual. You're now in that battle. Satan didn't care about you before because you weren't doing anything. Now you are. So it's important that you immediately, all right, get grounded in teaching. You, you, you get, get yourself a Bible. Start praying daily. Start attending a good Bible-believing church. And it's important, guys, that above all, you start sharing your faith with others. God doesn't bless us so that we can, we can squander it on ourselves. He blesses us so that we can, in turn, bless others. The Bible says that you are now a new creation and that the old person has passed away. It's gone. I'm going to put a link in the description for, for this um, episode with a, a link to uh, um, Harvest, uh, Harvest Ministries in Riverside, California, uh, just to, to, to help get you started on your path. But this is now something active that you're going to do every day. And I pray for each one of you that the Lord changes your life and brings about a revival in our nation. Well, that's about all the time I have for today. I've gone on for a little while, but I, I, I hope you I hope you found this this podcast. I know it was not this normal topic that I have, normal type of topic, political, but I hope you found it enlightening, whether you're a Christian or whether you just got saved. Um, but I just wanted to take this opportunity to get people motivated to start spreading the gospel. I always say to vote for Trump in November, and I still do. The forces of darkness, they are marching, guys. And even now, they're at the gates of our nation. They're there. I, I can't believe we've gotten here and looking over the last 30 years or so. I can see how we've gotten there now. But again, like that, that, like that, those peaks, I couldn't see it till I was there. Now we've gone through it. Everything's clear as day. We let this happen. They're there. They're at the gates ready to take over. We need to vote in. You know what you're getting with Biden, and it's not what you want. So I still say vote for Trump. But I got to tell you that without Christ, all the victories are going to be short-lived. We may win for a short while, you elect Trump, but without a revival in this nation, it, it, will, it will only be short-lived. Christians, you need to wake up. You need to start spreading the gospel. I often think of this story in the Bible of, of, of the, the virgins who were waiting with their oil, waiting for the bridegroom to come, and they fell asleep. Half of them had oil and half of them didn't have enough oil. And they all fell asleep. And when the announcement that the bridegroom was coming, they woke up. And the ones who didn't have enough oil, they didn't have any oil left for their lamps. And they asked the ones who did, and the ones who did said, no, we, if we give it to you, we won't have enough. You need to go get your own. So when they were out getting oil for the lamps, they came back. The bridegroom had already shown up. Christ had already shown up. That's who it really is analogous of. They went in. And when they came knocking trying to get in, they couldn't get in anymore. It was too late. Now, of course, on the surface, the obvious is that you need to be ready. You need to be, you, you, you need to be out there. Make sure your, your lamp has oil in it. Make sure you're ready for when he comes back. But what I always took from that also was a little bit of a secondary uh, kind of lesson that, yeah, you need to be awake and ready, but you know, the ones who had enough oil, they fell asleep too. 
Why weren't they awake? Telling the ones who didn't get enough oil to wake up, go get oil in your lamps before it's too late. Yet you need to wake up before we lose it because once it's gone, it's not coming back. Guys, this is very important for our nation and I pray for a revival every single day, for an awakening. And I'm sorry I've kind of gone off a really long time, but until next time, I pray that God would bless you in your walk. And I pray that God would bless America. Thank you.